Welcome to episode 14 of Casting the Net with Father Dave and Rick. This week we kick off a three-part series discussing the Bible and the difference between how we grew up reading the Bible versus today, the different versions of the Bible and how scripture is used, the complexity of the entire thing, and at the end of the day, how God reveals himself to us through the Bible. So we hope you enjoy episode 14 of Casting the Net. Hi, I'm Father Dave Nuss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Father Dave here with my co-host for Casting the Net, Rick. And it is good to be together again, brother. Very good. Very good. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I appreciate you asking. I am excited about a topic that we're going to venture into for a period of time that we have not decided. Let's, friends, it's a series. It's a series. <laughs> it's not an infinite series. There will be an ending to it one day. Indefinite, though. But for right now, it's an indefinite series. That's all right. But we want to talk about the Bible. There's so many assumptions about God's Word, and it creates problems in a lot of places, and it creates barriers for people to understanding uh, what it is and how it came to be and how do we use it? Mm-hmm. How do, what, what, is it what does it mean? Mm-hmm. Um, t- time and again, these great questions that if we get them wrong, we go right off the cliff. Right. And if we get them right, we're elevated to the heavenly heights, mm-hmm. you know, into a deeper loving relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is... I'm going to I'm going to wax nostalgically for a moment, (laughs) but it it wasn't a significant part of my regular prayer routine growing up in my home. Hmm. Uh, As a child, I remember the the um, children's Bible book, and I think it's more of the dramatic images of some of the great epic stories like Noah's Ark. Right. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, Abraham and and Isaac and David and Goliath. It was pictures, dramatic pictures of um, (laughs) good versus evil and and, and God prevailing over the foe. It it wasn't something that I uh, read or prayed with any regularity. Some of the stories became the fabric of my own memory. Was it... Was it an accessible book to you? Was it sort of weird? I mean, just well, general uh, impressions. That's of it. a great. That's a great question. As a as a child, as I'm recollecting, no, it wasn't weird. The stories themselves were, of course, paraphrases. We, mm. you know, when you're reading the children's uh, Bible, you're right. not reading. Oh, that's, that's true. Yeah, God's actual yeah. words. So it's someone's commentary, yeah. effectively, on the. On the scriptures, is that a good thing? Well, I think familiarity with, with, with some of the great figures through whom mm-hmm. God chose yeah. to reveal Himself is important. Yeah. You know, when I look at a photo album, um, the, the one picture of the great, great, great grandma <laughs> doesn't <laughs> define the entirety of grandma, right. but it does give me um, intrigue, curiosity to learn more about her perhaps, mm. and the relationship that I share with her. Yeah. So in that sense, um, it was really helpful 
and to share the stories. I mean, biblical stories were shared. Hmm. Uh, the Bible itself wasn't necessarily read together, though we prayed. And we prayed in biblical ways. The Our Father, mm -hmm. right from the Bible. The Hail Mary, to the surprise of many, <laughs> absolutely, positively it's, biblical. It's I mean, the words of an archangel and the words of Elizabeth. So um, a very biblical prayer. So yeah. in that sense, prayers that were biblical absolutely were a part of my family mm -hmm. and uh, early experience, though holding the Bible, opening its pages, reading the text, mm. that was that was unfamiliar to me outside of Mass. Yeah. Yourself? Yeah. Well, of course, I'm, I'm a convert. I, I was not raised Catholic. Um, the few occasions that I can recall going to church as a, as a, as a child, um, of course, heard the readings. Yes. Um, didn't know what to make of them. Um, I, I converted to Catholicism ultimately in... in um, in my, my freshman year at Hillsdale College as an undergraduate. And at Hillsdale, it's, it's a great books curriculum there, small liberal arts co college. So um, one, of the, one of the great books that we had to read um, freshman year was large swaths of the Old and New Testament. Wow. So, that, okay, you know, I'm, 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 I'm on the route to becoming Catholic or on the road to becoming Catholic. Let's crack this thing. Yeah. Um, not just because I have to, but because I want to. And it was just a slog. I, it, it didn't make sense to me. There were there were huge chunks of it that I didn't find particularly inspiring or beautiful. And I had a lot of Protestant friends um, at Hillsdale who 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 just you know just soaked it up and, and loved it. And they would say, "Oh, you know, it's the Word of God. This is great." And I just I couldn't help but think, well, you know, if this is the Word of God, why isn't it more inspiring? Why is it mm. more uh, more mm. lovely and alluring? Mm. And of course, that, that, was, that was those were my own misconceptions. Sure, um, it took um, years of study and reflection and um, contemplation to uh, to finally see that you know to say that God communicates through the scriptures is far more profound and far more complex um, than my old Protestant friends from Hillsdale understood that expression. Yes, so and in my coming of age. Ours was a family that that went to worship what we call in the Catholic Christian tradition Mass, mm -hmm. and we went regularly. And at Mass, the scriptures are proclaimed. Significant portions of the scripture are actually proclaimed. Four different readings, not three, four, mm -hmm. on Sunday, including uh, a section from the Psalms, mm -hmm. which is always included in our Mass. Yeah. So in that sense... My, my um, hearing God's word was mostly in worship at mass, hearing it proclaimed, oftentimes bewildered or other times indifferent as I didn't have a, hmm. an understanding of the context, the situation, the historical people, as we know, particularly in the Old Testament. Right. When we get into places and peoples with names that are just yeah. unfamiliar to us, it's like reading Tolstoy, <laughs> which he, he's magnificent, but it, I have to work it's so work. hard yeah. reading him. And sometimes I just don't want to work that hard right. with all the Russian cities and names. <laughs> and the, the four-syllable names. Right. And, and the, the I don't even know how to pronounce and, it. You know, right. And I skip over Lots it. And of then, consonants. Of course, <laughs> right. And so I had that experience with Scripture. And. And I, too, 
in college, though I went began my college career at um, at a state university in Ohio. I was in an honors program that also had a um, an introdu- it wasn't an introduction to scripture, but scripture itself, sacred scripture, mm-hmm. was presented as a text in a great book series, mm. which kind of interesting yeah. in a lot of ways for yeah. another podcast. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the first time because we were required to buy this particular translation. Well, I didn't even know about translation variants. Right. I didn't realize that Protestants removed yeah. all or parts of seven books yeah, of the Old books. Testament sure. and sought to remove even more, including mm-hmm. some from the New Testament, but mm-hmm. ultimately were foiled in the, in those efforts. And I say Protestants, certain specific Protestant leaders. Right. I mean, yeah. it wasn't all sure. Protestant people. I, I didn't even know that. I didn't know there were different versions. I, I, I th- That alone was kind of wildly interesting to me mm-hmm. as things were very narrow mm-hmm. in my uh, my own coming of age with hearing scripture and using it. Yeah. And I don't know if this is the case with you, but it certainly was with me. Um, the more, you know, the older I got, the more I studied it, the more I came to see that this, this is a complex book. It's, mm. it's meant to be that. Mm. So, you know, my 18 year old self, uh, it's understandable that I was discouraged. It's meant to be a complex book because it's meant for us to sit down and really commit time to and really ponder and reflect on and contemplate with. Yeah. Um, and let's let's move that to relationship. Yeah. How do you That's get where to I was going? So. Oh. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. alert. <laughs> well, let me give the mic back to you. <laughs> well, now I forgot my <laughs> But relationship, uh, the complexity. Yeah, they're, 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 uh, they require work. Yeah. We're, we're complex people. And if you're, you're going to share something of yourself in order to, to enter more deeply into a relationship, um, it's going to take work for both you and your, your partner or your friend to, to make sense of all that. Yeah. Um, you meet someone. Yeah. Initially say, oh, what do you do? That's, that's, that's a common, common introduction to begin a relationship with someone. Unfamiliar, yeah. right? Someone tells us this is what they do. Well, their life is far more than that. In fact, in our best moments, we know that mm-hmm. utility does not define identity. Right. And <laughs> there's much more. There's, to learn, yeah, it was very common when I was when I was living on, on the East Coast uh, in in my graduate school years. That was that was always the question I was asked. What do you do? Yeah, and it, it's a little off putting. Yeah. I'm more than you know, more than just you know what I produce or what I make. The or, utility of you know, a better question: Who are you? Yeah, right. There's something who, really. Who do you open think up. you are? Who do you think? Well, <laughs> quoting <That's right. laughs> the British rock band: <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with the Bible, God chooses. To reveal his very self, to mm-hmm. make his self known to us mm-hmm. and for us, that God does not remain this um, unknown uh, deity, but out of love reaches down into our own situation through the word that is given. He speaks, mm-hmm. and he speaks to us in intensely personal ways, mm-hmm. even though there are moments within his his word that are are difficult and yeah. perplexing and unnerving. Yeah. So um, 
there's a fellow named uh, Blaise Pascal, mm-hmm. who, who many of us know, uh, you know, from our junior high and high school math days. Yeah, right. Uh, turns right. out he's he's actually a pretty decent theologian. <laughs> um, he once remarked that uh, you know God gives us just enough light so that those who want to find him can, but not so much light that those who don't want to find him are overwhelmed and forced to find him. Mm. Right. And so all that's to say, there's there's a great bit of um, mystery involved in the in the whole thing. Like God doesn't just come out and um, advertise and broadcast who he is in an overwhelming, overpowering sort of way, but he does it through um, fallible human instruments, yeah. um, the human authors of Scripture, yes, um, that's the communities in which yeah, they live, the communities in which in which they live. Those are those are just a couple of different ways in which he he reveals who he is, and when we approach Scripture through the eyes of faith. It turns out to be enough. It turns out to be enough to establish that um, that relationship that he's seeking, and that that um, you know, with a heart animated by charity, by the by the theological virtue of charity, which we discussed when we when we talked about morality, um, we want. Yes. The first movement of the Bible for me, for God's word, the first movement, the first movement is not what is God trying to say to me. The first movement is the demonstration of love that God even chooses to speak to me and to speak to me in a way, as you just so beautifully framed, is intelligible, Mm -hmm. is discoverable, is able to be understood so that I can deepen a personal relationship with him and with others around me. That God reaches down, right? And God's very own goodness choosing to speak in a way that is sensible to us parallels the incarnation in a lot of ways right yes i mean there the, the church fathers in particular it's, it's very beautiful it's very moving to me yeah. um drew connections between you know the the eternal son the second person of the trinity taking on a human nature and, and stooping down to our level you know, uh, in a way that wouldn't scare us, that wouldn't frighten us away, but but makes himself uh, sort of disarms himself. Yeah. You know, for our sake, um, Scripture works in a very similar way. You know, it's, it's it is the Word of God, and we'll talk about what that means. Um, but it's presented to us in um, in in human words and human ideas, which you know, because they're from a different time and a different thought world, can be confusing. But that's that's you know, we're a part of a community, and that community has. A leadership organ, which which helps us to, uh, to 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 unpack and to unravel the mystery. That's right. So we're going to continue the conversation about the Bible with hopes that uh, we're inflamed with deepening desire to to take up and read, as uh, Saint Augustine hmm. was so um, beautifully moved by the Holy Spirit once upon a time, that it God comes to be heard. And his word comes to be heard. That's the whole point of this, friends. And we we hope it happens with us (laughs) and through us that it happens with you. So grateful for you spending a little bit of time with us again as we will continue our series on the Bible and what it is and from where it came and how to read it and how to pray with it, how to understand it, how to use it in worship. He's Rick and I'm Father Dave and we're we're both... um, seeking to cast the net. Friends, he's Rick, and I'm Father Dave. 
a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.